Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra coming up on today's show. Dansby is gone, but how did you think it was going to play out anyway? And things ended for Dansby Swanson in Atlanta, but not necessarily in Atlanta physically, but things just began for Desmond Ritter. So how do you think Desmond Ritter did in his NFL debut? And last but not least, in for the culture, North Carolina Central gave Prime a nice going away gift. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. First, I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener today. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by Bet Online, folks. Talking about a good weekend for sports, uh, but not so good for Braves fans. T, Dansby Swanson shines with the Chicago Cubs. Seven years, $177 million uh, annual, annual average. I know that's not how you're supposed to say it, but the AAV of over 25 mil? T, do folks, like, because, you know, I see some of the responses and everything on social media and everything. It's a lot of people are upset, but I, I, I refer back to this every time people, we, we talked about this. The Braves let Freddie Freeman a guy who is going to be a Hall of Famer. I, I, I'm cool with saying that. They let him walk. So yeah. what did you think Dansby was going to what's going to happen to Dansby? Right. Yeah, we, we saw this. Uh, this What is this? Part two? The sequel? So, <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> you saw this coming. And my heart was saying, okay, Dansby will stay. But my head was honestly preparing my heart for the worst. So you guys should have been doing the same. You've had enough time to do that. Right. I think that's part one. I think part two is, like you said, Freddie Freeman is like, he was the next chapter, the, the, the second coming, the next level of Chipper Jones. Yeah, absolutely. No offense, Dansby Swanson, but... That Chipper and that Freddie level, Dansby kind of hadn't gotten there yet. Yes, he, he was our homegrown, and, you know, that felt good because he was our hometown hero. But, again, letting Freddie go felt like if they would have let Chipper go, right? Right, right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, to your point, if they could do that, and Freddie also had more accolades mm. by this time in his career, but still had a lot of gas left in the tank, and they said, no, thank you. That was kind of the writing on the wall. And then you started to kind of hear things that were leaking, like Ron Washington was enamored by how quickly <laughs> Von Grissom was getting up to speed. And we've never and seen it or heard that before, right? Him talking about a rookie in that light. <laughs> right. And yeah. then Alex Anthopoulos, he made statements in recent interviews that, hey, we do have support at that position in the form of Orlando Arcia. Mm -hmm. Again, he's never going to tip his hand completely, nope. but there were certainly tea leaves to tell you that this was coming. And certainly you can't be mad at Dansby Swanson for doing what he needed to do. Rightfully so. It puts him right in the space with Trey Turner and Carlos Correa and Xander Bogarts, just where he's supposed to be. So it worked out for him. Again, if you trust and you have trusted Alex Anthopoulos the last couple of years, 
You're just going to have to trust him, even though it seems like they don't have a good, as good of a plan. Like Matt Olson was the ultimate backup to Freddie Freeman. Absolutely. We don't necessarily see that happening because the other three shortstops that were ahead of Dansby in the sweepstakes are gone. But if you trust the double A the past few years, you need to trust him one more time. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and I think and that's OK. Right. Because at, at the end of the day, like most times in sports, in certain sports towns, especially down here in Atlanta, it's hard for us to trust the guy who handles the personnel. Right. Yes. Like, I still don't know if I trust Terry Farno. Like, that's still kind of working to make I'm leaning towards maybe just a little bit. But mm-hmm. like I've said on this show plenty of times T, that I wholeheartedly trust um, Alex Anthopoulos and, yeah. and he's going to operate how he's told. So he's told to say, hey, we ain't paying nobody over $22 million. Yep. All right, cool. And that's just how he's going to operate. So mm-hmm. be cool with that. Be cool with that, that the fact that he's going to operate like this. And then yep. think about it from this standpoint, though, too. I know it's hard to kind of put it in perspective like this, mm-hmm. but like he had his best season in his contract year. I'm just leaving it at that. Y'all know how I feel about that now. So yeah. we'll see if Chicago's money's going to be worth it because over $25 million – if you before this season, who's gonna be willing to pay uh pay Dansby Swanson that type of money? I don't think that that list would have been very short. <laughs> I, I think he cashed out and 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 good for him. So mm-hmm. I think that's something they're definitely gonna keep an eye on. But speaking of cashing out, T, how about our guy Bogdan Bogdanovich? Absolutely went ballistic against the Charlotte Hornets on Friday night, and this is exactly what the Hawks need, T. And you talking about Bo? shooting 70% from three-point line, it was just amazing how he stepped in to be that that second score um, slash facilitator, you know, mm-hmm. in DeJounte Murray's absence. That, that was the thing that we talked about, who's going to be able to fill in that role. Mm-hmm. I think he filled in that role quite perfectly. He did indeed, and he actually gave two-way play because as great as 70% shooting from three is, when I saw the stat line and the high rebounds had Bogdanovich's name next to it, that to me was a far more impressive. Nine rebounds, I mean, you were that close to a double-double that was not a points-to-assist double-double for a guard. It was a points-to-rebounds double-double near. That's what I wanted to focus on because I think if you're going to get that play again tonight then I would rather see that two-way play even if the productivity on offense goes down a little bit bring it on defense because again if we look back at the game five days ago not that the magic weren't functioning on all cylinders five days ago and not that they haven't won I believe five out of their last six or even six straight don't don't quote me on that but the point being they're Mm -hmm. arguably the hottest team in the NBA right now yes they are and part of why they're the hottest team in the NBA is because they just execute like lights out. They were six for six coming out of the gate on the Hawks uh, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The reason I mention that is because if you can get Bogdan Bogdanovich to even go on the perimeter and make them think twice, that's a good look. If there's even a guard that's banging on the inside with the ability to get a rebound and help on Yucca Okongu, should he be in the starting lineup again, that's a beautiful thing. And also, I want to give a quick shout out to Nate McMillan because, hey, Everybody's always going in on Nate and how he can't shift and he can't do this and that to move the needle. Well, you know what? Nate has tried and he is Mm -hmm. still tinkering with the lineup and it worked. It worked Friday in Charlotte. He literally had three guards and two forwards on the floor and said, give it to me. He put AJ Griffin and Jalen Johnson back on in the second unit. Again, not to say ill things about them or not to say, hey, you just weren't, you you didn't cut it, but more to say, hey, I think I might need this you to This is where, you, this is where I find value. I see value in you. 
coming yes. off the bench. Yes, absolutely. And I and I think that's going to be the thing that I feel that's going to help the Hawks move forward as they get through these tough times when they dealing with injuries with John Collins and Dejounte Murray and Clint Capella and all those guys being out of the yeah. lineup. And another little quick thing before we, before we get out of here, I definitely want to mention that hey, Trey shot forty percent from three, and he had that floater going. And we all know if Trey get that floater guarantee. The Hawks are going to be in really good shape. We'll definitely keep an eye on them as they get ready to go again tonight. And they're looking for another win, T. And that's that's all you can ask for in this time as they're dealing with all these injuries. Now, if you're trying to figure out where you're going to go for this for this game tonight, who are you going to bet on? Are the Atlanta Hawks going to be the favorite in this particular uh, this game? I need you to head right. to betonline.net because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports. Yes, it is. And, you know, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. And and I think that you're trying to figure out, like, are the Lando Magic going to be able to bounce Take it to the Hawks again. Or the Hawks, looks like they got their shooting going. We all know that they're a good shooting team. Once they get it going, is Bogdan Bogdanovich going to get what he needs to get in order to continue that streak he's on? Go to betonline.net because it continues to be the top online source for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. You guys come to us each and every day for all your ATL sports needs Monday through Friday. BetOnline has podcasts for you as well to help you make the best decision so you can win some money. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Yes, and we all know the game started officially, the clock started officially for Desmond Ritter yesterday in New Orleans. So, of course, Desmond Ritter got his NFL debut going on Sunday. It didn't turn out W's-wise as right. Ritter and the Falcons may have hoped because, of course, 21-18 to 18 was the final. Falcons are now 5-9, and nine, but miraculously still in it because nobody in the NFC <laughs> but the Saints yesterday. And they barely won. They were trying to say, no, here, you Falcons, you take the dub. No, you right. take the dub. So finally, one team out of the entire division gets the win. But more importantly, it was Desmond Ritter. And whether or not he got the win yesterday, for me, he did. And let me say why. I've heard a couple people kind of throw out there what his grade was. For me, the grade was incomplete. But there were a few questions that I had going in. There were a few things I wanted to see. The number one thing I wanted to see was the mental piece and and whether or not he would make a mistake, which he it was pretty much mistake free other than maybe, you know, a little bit of shaky question at the end, like, Hey man, just throw the hail Mary. Don't like go out of bounds. But other than that, there weren't, there weren't a lot of mental miscues. So I felt like he was fine with me on that. And the other piece was, could he go through something like reading progressions? Right. And I would say he probably lapsed a little bit on that. Understandably. So Drake London is his security blanket. So he went to his whoopee. More often than not. <laughs> Understood. But so my question to you is, it, as far as what you saw yesterday, how do you grade? And, and when I say grade, I don't mean A through F necessarily. Mm. But how do you evaluate Ritter's performance? And what were your overall thoughts about how it impacted the game? To be honest with you, I thought. Versus, let me mm. let me qualify. Versus how it would have been. <laughs> if Marcus Mariota would have been in there. And I have to say that because I think that's where some of the conversation really comes, but go ahead. Let me, let me, let me say, let me say this because here's the thing. Like, I think 
that Desmond Ritter, when you look at it from in certain situations, mm-hmm. I, I, I like what I saw. Yeah, I, I yeah. like what I saw in, on fourth down. Uh, yes. you know, yes. standing in there and making that dog on throw to Drake London, so he can have an opportunity to fumble the ball. You know exactly. what I'm saying? There so, it is. and then there was one particular situation that I really, really liked, and I think that Marcus Mariota. We, we making these comparisons, right? That's yes. what we're gonna do. Yeah, uh, Marcus Mariota. There were times I felt like he didn't really stand in their pocket and just fire that bad boy away and stare. Staring down the, the 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 barrel of the gun, so to yeah. speak, if I can use that analogy um, safely. Um, and I just thought Marcus Mario did not do that. He did right. not do that from a footwork standpoint. He just did not do that. And there was one particular time where Desmond Ritter, uh, it was a free rusher. The guy came mm-hmm. scot free, and um, his buddy, his roomie, was coming across that middle, and he hadn't quite cleared that linebacker just yet. And mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter held onto the ball as long as he could. Yes. As soon as that free rusher came towards, he stepped. He fired that bad boy in their yeah. teeth like it was a doggone uh, a, a, a cannonball coming mm-hmm. out of a cannon mm-hmm. and, and it was right there on where on, on Drake London where it needed yes. to be mm-hmm. and I think those are some of the things that you have to pay attention to not necessarily yes. end result of course you want to get the dub don't right. get me wrong mm-hmm. and we don't know if he probably would have gotten the dub if Drake London hadn't fumbled the ball so True. I, I think part of my grade has to be incomplete because of Drake but when you're talking about you know, overall, I think mm-hmm. that you have to look at it from a standpoint of there were some times where he looked like a rookie quarterback, and sure. then there were some times where you could say, "Dude might be on to something." Yeah, and 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 I don't want people to, to parse my words or anything like that. I I said what I said. I mean exactly what I said. He looked like he might be on to something. And I'm yeah. not saying this dude gonna be the next Matt Ryan. But you can see there are some traits and qualities that this dude has mm-hmm. that Mariota doesn't have. Yeah. And you understand why Arthur Smith made that decision to go with him. Yes. And I believe for me, it was a little bit of a pleasant surprise that I was, for the most part, pleased with the mental piece of his game. Right. Yeah. But I was actually a li- and I won't even say impressed. I think I was impressed that he had the opportunity to show the other side of his game because right. people have been putting out this narrative about his lack of mobility. And I'm thinking to myself, so you all are telling me you never see you. you apparently you didn't watch any Cincinnati games because right. he may not have run down the field like a Mariota per se, but then he doesn't have to because he knows how to sit in the pocket until the last possible moment and then toss the ball, which means, hey, let me just double check my one read, my two read, my three read before I take off. So I'm okay with the fact that maybe he doesn't seemingly have the mobility that Mariota has because you don't need to. Your arm is better. The end. The other piece is there, even when he made rookie mistakes, I said, he's making these mistakes as a rookie and a an all for the marbles game in one of the most hostile environments in the league. That's a lot on a rookie. And I felt like, but he did just as good as the guy who had been playing this game seven years would have done if he had been in. How do we know? Because we saw him in week one against the same team. Okay. That's how we know. So for me, it was good. I'm good to go. Uh, Hopefully we'll have a chance to see in the next three weeks, something that will make Arthur Smith and uh, Terry Fontenot determine whether or not they need to go back into the draft, meaning in, in the first round or second round and get themselves some backup, or if they feel like they can build around him and then maybe wait until the later stages to get themselves a backup, assuming that there's really no backup that's going to come in free agency, which as far as the eye can tell, there is not. But yeah, overall for me, I was excited. And I thought for the most part, other than a few calls early, I thought that Arthur Smith did a nice job and Dave Ragone of putting together 
a game plan that fit Ritter. And and, and the, I I love how you put that right because to start the game off, a lot of people like to come in, start questioning Arthur Smith about his play calling. Oh, you passing the ball, but but like if you just listen to your peep, your folk right here on ATL Day Ones, we'll put you up on game. Like understand what the, situ- the situation was. Yeah, Orleans Saints a good defense. They've yep. no, been known to give a little give a little bit in that back end on, on the secondary, right? Mm-hmm. They we know they're gonna pack the box. They know you're gonna run the football. Right. And, and they you're gonna you're gonna take some shots down the field. That's just that's just football. Mm-hmm. So you can't question those type of things because yeah. the scenario presented itself to where it made sense for them to do so. Yeah. And in the past they haven't been able to do that. Yeah. So so guess what they're going to do? Yeah. Regardless of uh, experience playing in the NFL, if a scenario presented presents itself to where they're going to take they need to take a shot to right. maybe loosen up that defense or let them yep. know hey we're going to do this today if you're going to stack that box mm-hmm. you better be ready they're yep. going to do so that's yep. what good play callers do they set things up for later on in the game to where yep. hey we know they're going to set a shot play so maybe we don't need to put nine in the box and guess what then you have a running back one plus two one plus one equals two or 139 yards rushing in the game. So just so think about what you're saying, people, mm-hmm. because you're starting to reveal yourself to not know much about football when you start talking about certain things. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I applaud Arthur Smith for the game mm-hmm. plan. I, I don't question him for doing those things to start off the game. Yeah. And, and like I said, hey, that's game one. Game one down. Let's see what happens next. Let's see what happens next. Again, at least you have some excite- excitement there. And hopefully, like you said, he'll have an opportunity to continue to show what he can do. And then once he gets more comfortable with Alameda Zacchaeus, with Demir Bird, yeah. and even with his set, Parker Hesse, and his set of tight ends, as well as running backs. I think we're going to see them open it up a little bit more, little by little, the next few weeks. And we shall see, because I still think that he has the ability to keep them in this playoff hunt. I mean, the the, the division kept the Falcons in the playoff hunt yesterday. Within a one score, <laughs> one score at the end of the game with a play there need to be made. There they just didn't make the play. Yeah, right. And you cannot lay that at the feet of Desmond Ritter. So I'm glad you, you said that because, again, that goes to something we'll talk about in the FTC, which is that you simply cannot lay a loss at the feet of a player. However, the folks at Locked On Sports today might say otherwise because I believe they might lay the feet at – I don't know if they're going to lay the feet at all the Patriots or if they're going to lay the feet at dude who decided to do – the lateral hail mary whatever thing it was but if you jacoby want jacoby myers what are you doing right? <laughs> like jacoby be jacoby jones not jacoby myers that's the better dude to be if you're a jacoby but anywho you want to know who's going to talk about it locked on sports today those guys give great reaction and instant reaction to all the things that happened including what happened in a pivotal game last night between the commanders and the giants and whether or not couple missed calls may have cost the commanders that game. You want to hear that kind of reaction? Check out Locked On Sports today. You can check them out wherever you check us out, Odyssey app, YouTube, or even wherever you download your podcast because they got all the good good. And they can even tell you what their take of the day is. I mean, who knows? We're about to give you our take of the day on FTC. So they may give you their take of the day as well. I don't doubt that they're going to even want to weigh in on the likes of what does the final domino of shortstops in Major League Baseball, what what now? So if you want to know about it, again, after you check out ATL Day 1s, check out Locked On Sports today. Locked On Sports Atlanta family, listen up. 
ones at gmail.com. ones at gmail.com. ones at gmail.com. That's a nice little ring to it. How about this? Send us a note. We'll, we'll respond. I promise you. You guys have been rocking with us from the beginning. And we want to put something out there so you can guys can get in contact with the program. If you can get on the YouTube comments, we might not necessarily see all the comments. But, hey, if you want to send us a direct message, hit us up, ones at gmail.com. But, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's how we get down on this show. Today is no different. T, when you're talking about hype coming into a game, right? A lot of times, it doesn't necessarily live up to it. But this one right here? Oh, my goodness. North Carolina Central, Jackson State, it went down. Central takes the dub 41-34 in overtime, but it was definitely didn't go without uh, a lot of hoopla coming into it. But Because I think when you think about – um, from Shadur Sanders driving down to at the end of the game and th- and completing the touchdown pass to our guy Travis Hunter, the Wanderer. Uh, that's a little inside joke <laughs> of catching the the, uh, the, 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 game, the game tying touchdown at the end of the game. But uh-huh. I, I think a lot of people are focused in on I got the tight end for Jackson State, Hayden Hagler, drops the the the, the game tying touchdown in overtime, and T. Uh, Coach Trey Oliver, head coach Trey Oliver, they they get the Black College National Championship. Yeah, yeah. And if I can pause real quick mm-hmm. and go to Hayden, mm. I probably owe Hayden an apology, even though he doesn't know me from Adam, because okay. you know sometimes we get into our extra spaces, right, and we just go over the top with things. And normally right. that's not me, right. but I think just got, got caught up in the moment, and we were just all in the press box, just shocked. That that had happened because it's like, oh, dear God, like, so anyway, I was like, man, you know, Jackson State fans are rabid. Like they are cray cray. So I was like, bro, you probably just want to get the transfer (laughs) portal now and and just don't even go home. Just tell your mama to pick you up at that next corner on Northside Drive and MLK and don't ever go back. Tell them to mail. Don't go down to the corner now. Don't even have them come on campus. No, don't. Just just tell them to mail your stuff to wherever it is you're from, right? And just never to be seen near Jackson ever again in life. However, I so applaud Deion Sanders, and this is going to go into the back part of our conversation, so put a pin in this. But I just wanted to shout out Deion Sanders and tell Hayden that we all co-sign. Number one, like he said, Coach Sanders said, you didn't lose the game, and you didn't. Because the game is not, yeah, it's a game of inches. And yeah, everybody has to do their part. But on the same token, we can point to 17 different things that happened throughout that game that easily could have swung the pendulum Jackson State's way when somebody else didn't do their job. So I was so glad that Coach Sanders did that. I even posted it on my IG or reposted it there because that's still a human being at the end of the day. That's still a young man that has to live with that for the rest of his life. So we all don't need to compound on that. So I kind of felt bad about that in the press box. Like, yeah, we were just joking. But still, afterwards, I felt remorse because I was like, but wait a minute. That's somebody's child. Um, that's somebody's life, if you will. And it's going to be enough having that hang over his head without the rest of us going in on him. That's part one. Part two is going to what you said about Coach Trey Oliver and the fact that Man. he had those boys ready. Last year, after that press conference, I said, South Carolina State's going to win this game. 
Yeah. This year, after Trey Oliver's press conference, I was yes. like, well, yeah. I don't really know if this is going to be an undefeated season. I, I was like, I, I, I'm not so sure this is what, what, and I wanted it to be because right. we love to see history. It's like always great ending. for yeah. to yeah. complete an undefeated season. And I didn't like the way that people went in on Deion Sanders, hate him or love him, black, black Twitter, black social media, but in particular, mm-hmm. Everybody who went in on him, I just wanted him to be able to have something to say to the detractors and for those students to say, those kids, those student athletes to be able to walk away feeling like, boom, you know, we we did what we came to do. Right. However, can't be mad at Central because Trey Oliver understood the assignment. Mm -hmm. You know who told him the assignment? Buddy Pugh and Sam Washington. They said, do this. I did it. And guess what happened? The end. So... Trey Oliver had the guns to do it. That's what I told our nephew who stopped by the show Friday. Um, Brother Kobe. Exactly. <laughs> Gone, D-Lyman, Kobe. Kobe yes, Warrior, number 27. So literally, he kind of gave us the blueprint. And we kind of talked about that as well. Like, I mean, they had the guns. All they had to do was execute what Coach put in place. And they did it, Jarvis. They did it mm-hmm. to perfection. They kept Shadur Sanders off that field. And when they were on the field, they marched that ball down. I remember one uh, possession in that first half, Jarvis, seven minutes, 48 seconds. I said to the guy sitting next to me in the press box, I said, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that run game is going to be the death of uh, Jackson State's de- defense. Granted, they were down a star D lineman. I will give them that. They were down some players. But still, you know the assignment. You need to do it. If you're supposed to block and you're supposed to clock things up, then that's what you do because no team should be able to run three plays for 48 or 52 minutes, I guess, after with overtime. No team should be able to run three three plays and beat you. Nobody. Yeah. And and that's the thing, right? That's the like we talking about getting back to the basics because a lot of times when when you have all the hype and all the hoopla, I've been using mm-hmm. the word a lot lately. Uh, when you have all of those things coming into a game, mm-hmm. right? Like how you settle those things down, you get back to the basics. Yes, like, that's yeah. how you calm people down. Do what you do, you mm-hmm. know, <clears throat> Arthur Smith. Uh, you know, those are some of the things that you that 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 helps get guys comfortable. And yeah. and you saw that, you know, from yes. the from from, from rushing for over two hundred yards. And, Mm-hmm. And being able to just establish themselves that can be mentally deflating yes. as a defense because I've been on, on on that side that Jackson mm-hmm. State was on where teams are just running the ball and they ran a couple plays and then they just keep working and it's nothing and you have no answer so yeah. I've been in been in those particular situations and I understand how that is so mm-hmm. therefore you know coach Oliver to do what he did to be in that particular space I think that's something that like, you have to give kudos to because yeah. a lot of times, you know, like, Buddy Pugh coached at South Carolina State. I know there mm-hmm. was a connection there, but it's still kind of like the head coach, you're a head coach, you have an ego. And I even asked Oliver about establishing that culture, and he was saying how you got to be honest with kids. You got to be straight mm-hmm. and direct and forward with those guys and, and say, hey, you're a part of the team. You're my guy. Yeah. And, and I think that that means something. That goes a long way with 18 to 22-year-olds, T. I mm-hmm. promise you, because – that's how you 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 upset or shock the world, so to speak. Yeah. From an outside perspective, I don't think they were shocked when they beat when they no. beat Jackson State. Not at all. Not at all. But yeah, I I posted that on my IG as well. Like, oh, you're gonna put some respect on their names, and it Absolutely. was so heartbreaking just to kind of hear what Coach Trey had to say post game. 
in terms of little things like, you know, we pull up our bus to go eat dinner, but our guys have to get out in the middle of the street because they won't move their buses or the AD calling them North Carolina A&T State mm-hmm. University. Come on now. Colors aren't the same. Name ain't the same. Nothing is the same. A&T isn't even in the MEAC anymore. Like, come on, man. Right. Yeah. But anywho, you know, and, and yeah. having to, they waited in the tunnel for 10 minutes before they were able to go out because for the national anthem, going yeah. on with the other team. All of those things are disrespectful, but they can also be fuel. I asked Kobe post game. I was like, t- real talk. I said, did you guys get fueled by that? He's like, yeah. He said, after a while, you get tired and you just want to prove to people who apparently have not watched us play all season because they would have known we were capable of this. But since they didn't, we decided to put on a show and let them know what we have always known because he was like, legit, we didn't come into this game thinking we were going to lose. Like, we didn't think we were going to win. We knew we were. I said, there it is. And and there it is. And that's the thing that you and, and at the end of the day, this was a amazing game. Yeah, um, it was. It was an amazing game. Like and that's what you want in this when you're talking about two um historically black college colleges, you know, going to battle. And, yes. and you're saying, Hey, this is some good football down here. And I think yeah. that what Shadur was able to, to put on display oh, yeah. and Travis Hunter and all those guys and to live up to that hype. It's one thing to get hype, but it's one mm-hmm. it's another thing to be able to live up to it and and, 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 and do it. But yeah, I, I shout out to um, North Carolina Central, shout yeah. out to your nephew, Kobe Warrior, out there doing his thing as well. So we thank you guys for, for rocking with us yes. throughout the entire show, you know. And what we want you to do is, after you check us out, uh, making us your first listen, we want you to check out Locked On Sports today. They have all the news and national news and information that you might have. They may be talking about Prime as well, yeah. about what he's going to do when he heads to Colorado. You know, is he going to – hey, they say they coming – Mm-hmm. Is he gonna? Is what is he gonna do when he show up? You right. get all that right there on Locked On Sports today, and they actually have to take it a day like we have for the culture. So yeah, we appreciate you guys for doing that. But and coming up on tomorrow's show, we definitely gonna dive a little bit deeper into what the conversation should be about when it comes to Atlanta Falcons. We know Desmond Ritter was out there, but there's somebody else that you need to pay attention to. We'll yeah. see y'all tomorrow.